Hello, everyone. I got a watch. I have a watch, but I, I don't follow it. The Holy Spirit, I, I take that off and let the Holy Spirit tell me, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding you. Um, it's good to be here with you. I am so thankful. I'm thankful for our choir. I'm thankful for your choir, the way it touched our hearts. I'm thankful for our choir. David, I'm thankful for you and Phyllis. Your deaf ministry is growing. That's a good thing. That's, that's, that makes me happy to see deaf people coming to a church. You are very fortunate. You have a wonderful pastor. Pastor Williamson is a pastor that shows his love for the deaf. And he's tried to learn sign language, but basically it's this, hi and how are you, and that's about it. But uh, we love him anyway. Uh, you know, a pastor that learns to sign for you, isn't that a blessing? And so many hearing all over America, we go in churches, and there's just not the burden that you all have for the deaf. So I thank God that you have the opportunity the deaf can come, and your church is a, a blessing, Pastor. And, and Jenna, thank you so much for, thank you for the gift bags. Boy, there was good snacks in those gift bags. I almost ate all of them. No, I'm just kidding, I didn't. But uh, they filled up these gift bags. They gave us gift cards, and we have eaten the whole weekend that we've been here. And we thank, we're just thankful for your church, your hospitality, the support that you have shown us in our ministry. Thank you for your prayers for Kim and her, um, her facing cancer. She's recovering and improving physically. And so we really appreciate your prayers. If you'll just pray for the college, pray for us as we continue to train young people to serve the Lord. This is our 30th year anniversary year that we're celebrating 30 years of ministry uh david pastor come join us on that anniversary weekend that's may 3rd through 5th uh, we've gotten letters out we have more letters coming and we just want to share with people what god has done through the years uh, i've been pastoring also a church for the deaf for 30 years and so it's been a blessing we support 40 missionaries through our church. Uh, next year is special for me. This year, this year is special for me. Um, it, it will be my 50th year preaching for the deaf. So I just feel grateful in so many ways. I'm, I'm so thankful God's given me good health. Next month, I'm turning 70 years old, and I say, God, give me another 10 years. I want to preach as much as I can. Amen. I want to preach as much as I can to the deaf. But this morning, I, I want to I get into the message. I want to challenge you. Just I know that you see what's happening in our country. It's changing so much on a daily basis. And our world, our world all around us is changing. Yeah, I, I read a lot about the persecution among Christians, among churches in other parts of our world. But we're thankful to the Lord. We're thankful that we're able to be in church this morning. Uh, Pastor, you got a live church. You got a, you got it. My wife sat there and said, I love this church. I love that choir. They're, they're so lively. And it's just, it's, and uh, Kim looked at me and said, I wish that they were close to us. We just joined this church and come here. A little bit too far to come on Sunday mornings, but we're thankful for your church and that you're able to be here. And it's alive. I can't hear it. I have to tap Kim and say, but they sound like she's either thumbs up or thumbs down. But she was thumbs up this morning, and uh, so we're thankful for your church. In heaven, it'll be all different. And uh, it'll, you deaf people, you sit and see this choir every Sunday, how lively they are. And, uh, but we won't just see them. We'll hear them in heaven. I love to watch their expressions. And uh, they don't always sing good. and They might have a lot of expression not sing good, but... Uh, 
it's good to be able to think about heaven. Focusing on the word of God today and this morning, uh, just, just challenging you to be ready to face the world and what's going to happen in front of us. We've got some things in the future. Are you spiritually prepared? Have you prepared yourself? The spiritual preparation. We're saved, and we're here this morning. We say, I know Christ is my Savior, but do you know that you're prepared for what you're going to face? I want us to be reminded this morning of how very important it is to prepare God's people. I mean, it's shown to us all through the Old Testament. They were prepared before they faced things. God prepared them. He, he made a preparation. Are you prepared this morning? What are you doing in your spiritual life to prepare yourself? You and I, taking a look at our, at our salvation, it doesn't stop with salvation. God wants you to, after salvation, make some commitments to him. Commitments that I'm going to live right commitments that I'm going to be committed to you. And Joshua is a perfect character. Joshua was a character that God had promised he would get into the promised land. Yesterday we talked with the deaf about them crossing the Jordan River. They're now camped, encamped there uh, on the other side of the Jordan, and they're getting ready to face that first challenge of Jericho, this huge city. And the people know, they know, there's got to be some preparation. We've got to be spiritually strong in order to face this giant or this, this big city. Jericho, what it, you know, it's kind of a picture of the world to us. It looks kind of big out there right now, doesn't it? But today, you and I, we have Jesus Christ. And we can look at the world, and no matter how big the problems look, or no matter how overpowering they look, we need never forget that Christ is bigger than anything that we're going to face in this world, and that he's in control of every situation. I'm going to go through uh, three specific things in the scripture we're going to look at. Moses has passed off the scene. Joshua has replaced him. Over two million Jews are going to cross the Jordan and get ready to enter the promised land, the land promised to them. Now, just before that, they have to be prepared, not only to face Jericho, but other things, and that's the preparation we're looking at this morning. Let's look in Joshua chapter 5, verse 1 through 15. We're going to look at verse 13 specifically this morning, 13, starting there. And it says there, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua, he drew, he drew, it said, he went unto him, he drew close to him and said unto him, Are you for us? Are you for the enemy? Verse 14, he said, No, nay, nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth. I'm going to get that out of the way. Fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Verse 15. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, 
loose thy shoe from off thy foot. For the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Boy, today, there are not many churches teaching the holiness of God. There's not many people teaching that when we accept him, we need to remain holy. It's sad that we think, as Christians today, that we don't have to live holy. And the filth of the world, we're allowing it to come in. And we have got to learn, when the Bible gives us a story like this, he is holy, therefore we need to be holy. We need to practice a clean life. Let's open with a word of prayer. Our Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Allow it to challenge us this morning, Lord. Lord, help us to understand that you want us to remain holy. We see the world out there, and we've got to be prepared, Lord. Help us to analyze our hearts, our lives today. I ask you to bless in this service in Jesus' name. Amen. So exciting it is to come into a church that teaches God's word, that teaches its people how to live. I'm so excited about your new building coming along out here. 650 seats, folks. And you need to get excited about being part of it. Aren't you, aren't you just thrilled? You're going to have more souls saved. You're going to have things happen. You're going to have results come. And God is going to bless in a special way as you move forward. But along with that thought, just recently I was reading some news clips. There was a family... Uh, they did some research. I'm sorry, the, the, the National Council, Council of Research, they said, did this. 2018 to 2023, 915, 915 churches in America have been attacked. Just recently, just recently, um, from January to November, 436 churches have been burnt. This is in Canada. Burnt. This is a national thing from Canada. He's Canadian. 22, 22 gunmen have come into churches here in America, too. There have been bomb threats against churches. Graffiti all over our church buildings. Folks, we're seeing things happen that never happened in our world before. More and more, the world is coming to put pressure on us as believers. And today, you know, I, I, last night, last night I got excited. I got to, uh, we had three deaf teen teenagers here yesterday, and they, got, they just came up to me and started talking. I've always had a love for teenagers. I used to work with the teens when I was younger. And these three teenage teenagers came. One, one boy was from China, adopted by a family in the South Carolina area. And I said, do you know Jesus? Yes, I know Jesus. I said, do you go to church? He said, I can't because I stay at the deaf school on the weekends most of the time. I said, your mom and dad know Christ? No, they do not. 13-year-old boy had a conversation with him yesterday. This innocent kid coming up in the school, and he asked me all kinds of questions. Can you explain this to me? Can you explain to, uh, this to me? Broke my heart because he lives in a state school and he's being affected by our state. He lives in those dormitories 
and we don't know how the state is going to affect him. Our, 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 the worldly ways are going to affect him. Listen, that's what's happening with our children. They're growing up in a state of confusion. Things are changing around him. Thank God that we live and can worship him. We are net one nation under God still, and we have a God that has allowed us freedom. And we need to be excited and satisfied with that. Here, here it says in the scripture that Joshua is being prepared, and it talked about the circumcision first of lives there. The circumcised life is what we want to talk about. What is happening here is the Jewish people came out of Egypt. It was an exciting time. They had been years and years, 400 years or years in slavery, and they come out. And now they're coming to the place that there's men that have to be circumcised here. 40 years they've been in the wilderness. They've never been commanded circumcision here. Uh, uh, the, um, uh, it was a sign that they were Jews, that they were committed to the Lord, that they were going to dedicate their lives. It was a commitment that the men made to the Lord, and Joshua is commanded at this point by this man, you are to circumcise these men as you go into the promised land. Circumcise all these men. And, and, you know, so all, all, there was a group of men that had to face circumcision. Understand, before the Jordan uh, was a picture of their old life. They're crossing it. They're going into a new phase of life as they get into the promised land. And the Jewish people, especially the men, had to have a sign in their life as, that new things were coming. And the first step was that the men had to be circumcised. How do we apply that to us? Those men and women and families basically had to make commitments to the Lord at that point. We need to be reminded that God has promised us delivery just as he promised them delivery. He promised us delivery. And he's made some promises to them as they enter the promised land just as he made to us in the scripture. And it talked about circumcision. See, we as Christians, it's different with us nowadays. We have a circumcised heart, don't we? When you accept Christ as your Savior... There is a circumcision done on your heart. You become a new creature in him. I want you to look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and, the, and, and that's a verse that you clearly know. Look what it says here, but just read it carefully with me this morning. Therefore, if any man be in Christ... If any man be in Christ, once Christ comes to dwell in you, he is a new creature. All old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What's it say there? It says that we had an old life. We now have a new life. We've got to make some decisions. All those old things that were in our heart, that dwelt in our heart, those old things of our old nature, they're passed away. They're gone. We cannot live in that old frame anymore. He teaches us that once we accept Christ as Savior, we are a new creature. Folks, it's a new life. Michael and Ruth Douglas are missionaries that serve here. They serve, they, you, you support them. We train them, then you support them. They're now in Brazil. See, you all don't know Michael the way we know Michael. He came to us from St. Louis. He's hard of hearing. He knew no sign language when he came to our campus. Michael came and sat in my office, and I said, tell me about your life. And he said, I was heavily addicted, addicted to drugs. I said, you? He said, yes. Needles. Drugs, medication, heavily, on a high, all the time. In my past life, 
I said, did you ever do cocaine? Did you do cocaine? And he said, oh, yeah, all of it. I did all of it. I said, Michael, you? And here you've come to our Bible college. He came to our Bible college. We began to work with Michael. We began to teach him and disciple him and train him. And he quickly grew in the Lord. I mean, I mean, Michael, he had a change that came about his life. His, his old life changed. He showed me pictures. He'd bring pictures to my office when he was, he was drugged up. He said, but now I have Christ. Christ has changed my life. He's done some great things. If you look at him, you'd never guess that. He's a different person. God blessed him. He married a deaf lady. They've had two children, and they're now in Brazil serving. In Brazil, God changes lives as he changed your life. It, it, it comes to the place that you have to stop making excuses. Oh, I can't change, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. Christians, we have a problem with holding on to those bad habits of sin, and God teaches us that that sin is gotten rid of. It passes away, and a new life comes for him. Joshua, they've crossed the Jordan, and there's a decision made. We've got to make some commitments to the Lord. The first one, the men had to be circumcised. Number two, the first thing, the circumcised life. The second thing, the celebrated life. They got together and celebrated the Passover they got together and celebrated the life that they had in God. And you know, if you study the Passover, it was a time when they were remember they they're going to remember their bondage and their freedom and their deliverance from Egypt. We're free. We're finally free. Who did this? God did this. God changed our life. He's led us through the wilderness. He's let us learn for 40 years as we've gone through the wilderness. Do you remember? You know, in the Old Testament, uh, in chapter 7 of this, you know, the same thing, uh, they, after Jericho, or before, after this thing, after they face Jericho, Achan, you know, some of those bad habits come up. Joshua said, don't touch anything. The gold and silver are set apart. You are not to touch anything. You are not to take anything. The army goes in to the ruins there. And, uh, and, and then they come back, and they go into another battle. They lose the battle. Joshua's like, Lord, what have you done? You, we lost the battle. And he said, one of your men did against me what I told him not to do. And Joshua commanded the guards to search, search the tents, and they went into the tents. And you know what happened in the story there. They found that Achan had stolen, and it was hidden under his tent, hidden there. And they find it, and they bring it. And Joshua said, you've caused us so much trouble, your sin. And now because of that, because of God's law, we're going, to, we're going to take everyone in your family, everyone, including the children, the animals, every part of your family, and they came into the valley of Acre, Achan, and uh, the valley there. And everything was destroyed totally. Everything was put to death. See, God doesn't play around, folks. God is serious. We have a serious God. He doesn't like it when we play around with sin. And I'm thankful for that. Now, I'm thankful for the grace of God. I praise God that through his grace, he gave us Jesus Christ. And our hearts are circumcised through salvation in Jesus Christ and through the blood of Jesus Christ. But see, also with that, folks, we, we celebrate. 
Just as they celebrated the Passover, we celebrate also the New Testament, the blood of Christ, our lamb that came to die. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. And it's up here for you. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's all sin. He forgives all of our sin. All of it passes away. Who cleansed? Jesus Christ only. And some of, it, some of us say, you know, we celebrate that. Listen, we need to celebrate that all the time. I, sub- I celebrate my spiritual birthday every year. I've been saved 54 years. And every year I come to that day and I say, oh, Jesus Christ, thank you so much. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you what you did for me. I'm reminded of the day that I was saved and what happened and the day I accepted Jesus Christ and I thank him for saving me and for changing my life. Do you thank him for that? Do you celebrate the life that you have in him? How many of you are here this morning and you say, I'm saved? There has to be some changes, though. I can't hold on to the old things. All that sin is passed away, and I've become a new creature in him. You know what? That causes, that produces fruit. You'll begin producing fruit. You'll notice that. The old way, way, old way of life, you didn't produce that fruit. But when it passes away, you begin pass, producing fruit. Deaf people, hearing people, when salvation comes, there's fruit produced. You should be producing fruit. Are you producing fruit? Is it showing in your life, your love for Christ? Are you telling other people? When you meet a person, do you tell them about your love for Christ and how he loves them? We're afraid, aren't we? I can't do that. Well, you're holding on to some old things probably. You've got to make a decision to get rid of those things. And so the celebration they had there, number three, the the celebrated life, and then number three, the confrontational life, the life of confrontation. They had to get ready. They were going to confront some things. Joshua had a huge responsibility as leader. He was responsible, responsible for 2.4 million people. And Joshua, he makes a decision in the midst of all the pressure that he faces. Understand that Joshua didn't know how he was going to face Jericho. It looked huge. And he's looking and he's figuring and he's trying to figure it within his own self and what are we going to do and how, what strategy are we going to take? And he, you know, it looks very impossible to him. The walls are huge. The way that they are built, 13 foot tall, wide, and, and uh, there, were, there were walls within walls in order to protect the king. And the king had commanded that the gate be closed and and everything's closed up and it says that in Jericho when they hear the story that the children of Israel have passed crossed over the Jordan it says that their hearts melted within them what's that mean they basically gave up they gave up because they knew the God and the God of power that these people had he had he had they had crossed the Red Sea they'd crossed the Jordan And now Jericho's watching them come upon them. The priests are commanded to go around. You know, they go around every day. And you know the story how they they go around Jericho again and again and again. And then they shout and the trumpets are, and the walls collapse. 
Let's go back, though. How did they get to the place that they were ready to confront, that they prepared to confront? Joshua had to prepare some things within himself. There had to be, they had to cleanse themselves. They had to dedicate themselves. And then they were ready to go into battle with Jericho. He had 40,000 soldiers. I don't know their equipment. I don't think it was adequate at the time. But listen to me this morning. Without God, God, without God, that aren't, they couldn't have done anything. They couldn't have done anything. In verse 13, it says that Joshua's walking, and he, he sees a man, and he goes, who is that? And he approaches him. And you know, verse 13, again, if you want to look at it with me, it says in verse 13, He lifted up his eyes, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. He's thinking, who is this? Is he for us? Is he against us? Who is it? He didn't realize this was the Lord of hosts here. And he's going to stand before the Lord of hosts who's appeared, who's been sent to appear before him. And what did he say to him? He said, are you for us? Are you against us? Verse 14. He said, no, I'm not against you. But as a captain of the Lord of hosts, let me tell you that he's our captain. The same captain that Joshua had, we have in the Lord. And Joshua listens to the words there, and he says, I'm the captain of the, Lord, of the host of the Lord, and now I'm come. And when Joshua heard those words from the Lord, he fell on his face to the ground. Joshua has come to the realization, this is not about me at all. This is about the Lord. And he fell on his face. Verse 14 continues, what saith my Lord unto the servant, unto, unto your servant? Folks, have you prepared your heart? Have you made some changes? Have you found out how you can live for him better? When, when that comes, when changes come, we worship him. We just have a desire to worship him. We have a desire to be here, to worship, to hear the preaching from the word of God that's given to us. We get excited. We get motivated about being in the right place. And then what happens tomorrow, Monday? Do you bring God's word with you from church on Monday? Do you bring that Holy Spirit that, you, that, you, that spoke to you here? Do you bring him into your family, into your home with you on Monday? Joshua falls down on his face and did worship. And then in verse 15, it says, The captain of the Lord of hosts said unto Joshua, Take off your shoe. This place where you're standing is holy. The Lord says, basically he's saying, Get your shoes off. Joshua didn't say, Why do you want me to take your shoes off? I, I mean, we're, we're having a conversation here. No, no, no. There was obedience in, in the presence of the Lord. And there was no question, and we never question him. We just do what he tells us to do, direct obedience. We don't fight it. The work of the Lord, the work of the Holy Spirit. And immediately Joshua did so. Take off your shoes from your feet. The place where you're standing is holy. Honor the Lord. Honor him. Respect him. And today, how many of us are honoring the Lord in the way that we should? Oh, we just kind of brush him aside on a daily basis. Folks, we're Christians. 
And if we truly want to go into this confrontational life new, we've got to honor him. So just before we close this morning, I'd like to read a verse for you. It's not on the PowerPoint. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, if you'll go with me there, and then verse 15 and 16 of First Peter chapter 1. Let's read it together. Look what it says. Verse 15. It says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. In all manner of conversation, basically in all your behavior. Verse 16, because it is written right here in, in the word, be holy, for I am holy. Joshua needed help, didn't he? Joshua's like, Lord, I need your help. Please come help me. I can't do this. And you've got to prepare in your life to face some things that we're going to face in this world. Will you come before the Lord and ask him that same question? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. There it is for you. This is what the Lord says to us. Will we go to him in this way? Lord, I need to make some changes. Lord, I want you to be my helper. And when you come to that place, we're all going to have problems in life. Some of you are facing depression and discouragement. Some of you are frustrated with some situations. Some of you have some anger issues in life right now, and you need some help. Here it is for you. It doesn't matter. It says, it says, we do not need to fear what man shall do unto us because the Lord is our helper. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you, Lord. Boy, today, Lord, and you know, you know all things, but help us to know how very important it is in our lives to get rid of all past issues to begin new in Christ, and to go on in our lives. And there may be somebody here that just is, is staying in those same, holding on to some of those same old habits, and you want us to meet you this morning because we need to be prepared. Our hearts need to be right. Our lives have got to be right. There's got to be obedience. There's got to be total following of you. Help us to be reminded that we feel at times that the world is overcoming us, but who has more power? Lord, you do. You do. You've overcome the world. And help us to keep our focus on you, Christ, on a daily basis. We are going to face all kinds of spiritual battles, flesh battles, spiritual battles. Satan is alive, and he wants to destroy us. So, Lord, be a help to us to make some determining factors today that we're going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor, if you'll come.